Welcome to the Jacqueline Shaw Show. This is a space where we go deep, deep within, deep within where you access the sacred wisdom within you, where my truth and the truth of the women I bring on this podcast create a remembrance within you, within your soul, within your energetic field. Here, we don't look outward, we go inward, because in my world, it's always about taking you deeper in, in where your truth lives, in where your power resides, in where your soul knows. Welcome and get ready to go to the depth with me. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, gorgeous women. Welcome to the Jacqueline Shaw Show. We are going to dive straight in today because I have Emma Tynan back here with me on the Jacqueline Shaw Show. This is the second time she's been a guest here. Emma and I have such a beautiful history of working together over the past few years, and we always stay in contact. We always know that there's more coming for us, and this conversation, although it's the second time she's been here, it feels like it's been a long time coming. We're now recording this the beginning of November 2023, and we were having, her and I were having a conversation in July of 2023, and we knew that there was energy moving, energy coming forward. We're like, we had a call with each other, and we're like, there's a second part of this conversation. Mary Magdalene energy was very present and instead of just popping on the two of us, we're like, let's record, let's record the conversation for my podcast. And then we were meant to record back then. I ended up shifting a lot of things in my schedule after my dad passed away. And so it took us a little bit of time to get here. And the energy, as soon as we popped on today, though, already started moving, already started dropping in. So this is where we're at coming to you for this conversation. And Emma, welcome. Thank you for having me back. I'm so happy to be here. What a joy. I mean, I feel like, like I said, when we were having that last conversation that you and I really had, it was like, nope, there's words ready to come forward, words ready to be spoken here. And so, you know, we both just trust in that divine guidance. Divine guidance and divine time as well. It feels like this is just the right time. It just feels also there's been a massive energy shift in this last Q4 of this year. And I know lots of people are feeling it. So I'm ready. We're ready. Yeah, we're ready. Let's start right there. Right there with like what you're feeling, what you're feeling in the energy fields current alive right now. Oh, you know, when I tapped in, to the energy of Mary Magdalene, I actually, I actually felt a deep sense of collective sadness and grief. And I'm curious. I'm curious just, just to unpack that. And it doesn't feel like grief, sad, sad. It feels grief, rebirth. It feels grief. It's time to move. It's time to go to the next. I almost, I don't want to say next level. I want to say next evolution. Mm. Yeah, when you right before you said that, it felt like the next like opening, next layer of truth. What's next? And I, there is a collective sadness right now of having to walk away from all that we have been because it took us so hard, so long to get here. And mm. yet, there's a powerful invitation. There's a powerful invitation and lesson at the same time to walk into 
this, which is exactly what we've been longing for. And my guides are putting a big circle around the word longing, like this is it. This is what you've been longing for. That's exactly what I felt when you said the word longing. It's like, this is the time, like the time is now and we have access. We have access to it. We have access to the truth within us. And this is what's been so clear and so potent for me lately is I just feel like, and honestly, really in the past two months, I've spoken quite a bit in the last few episodes about, you know, the energy that's been moving through me with me, the truths that I've been really anchoring into since my dad died this summer. And I shared this with a few women that I was in circle with last week as well. Like it just feels like this massive, like channel of truth opening and so Mm. clear and so powerful. It's like that when I see the truth, it's like really like there's no unseeing it. And then everything in my world is realigning and rearranging to like stand in conviction with that truth. Yeah. And there's no space for self-betrayal anymore. I feel like that's the other side of it. It's like, I can't do that anymore. (laughs) There's like not one part of us that will allow us to do that to ourselves. And for me, it's even been in the slightest of ways. It's like, you know, a project that was presented to me to take part in. And it was like, there was one word, there was one word in the invitation that felt off for me. And and it was in the connection of, you know, coming together on a collaborative project discussing grief. And it was like, so that other people can feel the heartbreak that you feel or the heartache that you feel. Sorry, it was the word heartache. And I was like, the word heartache just like doesn't even feel like truth in my soul. And so I was like, that that just doesn't align with me. Like that is not my my current experience of truth. Like everything that just feels like it's like, does this feel true to you? Like, and it's just like so clear, like yes or no. Mm. And you know, I think as well, grief is actually can be a longing as well. That lens is so malleable as well of that longing for what's next. And I think we fear grief. We fear that sadness at a very human level. But if we're brave enough, we can grieve and long and let that break our hearts open to that truth, to what's next. Mm. I like that reframe there, like break our hearts open. Yes. And that invitation is constantly there. That's what Mary Magdalene was coming through. Just before I jumped on, I could hear her. That was the that was the energy. Can we be brave enough to break our hearts, to allow our hearts to break open? And I feel like when I think about, you know, us even wanting to come on, wanting to have this conversation, like I said, a few months ago, there was, you know, there was a lot of strong messaging a lot of strong truths that they were wanting to, you know, that Mary Magdalene was wanting us to come forward with here on this podcast as well. What do you feel like, like, what's that been for you recently? What presence is coming through in that sense? I think, and I know it's a radical alignment with the power that we are. And what I believe to be true and what I have seen over and over and over again in my own spaces and with private clients is that it truly is our divine nature and our divine power and our spiritual gifts that we fear. We fear them. We fear bringing them forward, the next level of them, the next 
evolution of them. This brings me back to the what I was saying there about allowing your heart to break open because that's where they are. And her invitation was, you know, as in my belief, my deep knowing is that Mary Magdalene was the first apostle of Christ and had a true and full understanding of what he actually meant and how lonely his incarnation was. I think there was no one more lonely than him because very few, I, 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 like, I, I really feel that she was the only one who really understood his teachings and what he was here to do as a revolutionary mystic. Mm. But a reminder and our invitation from her is allow yourself to be the one who understands the truth. Allow yourself to stand alone. Like, can we do that? Because that is what you and we are being asked now. Can you stand in that truth no matter what? No matter what happens? Because we need the initiates. We need the visionaries who will light the path for everyone else who need this. And there's a, there's a very small fraction of people who are willing to do that. But I know that all of us here today are that. We are those women. That's why we're here. Oh my gosh, this conversation, what's coming through for you right now, like so, of course, and even I was, you know, I was a couple minutes late logging on for us to record today. And I was because I was leaving a message in one of my mastermind spaces, a woman there just, you know, she asked me a question about like leading and leading from spirit. And it just ended up into like a much longer riff than I had anticipated. But it's a lot of what you're saying here about like the call to stand in the truth of who I am and not denying that, like being willing to make choices that don't make sense, being willing to be misunderstood, being willing, you know, by, by a lot of my peers saying like, like, why are you choosing that? You know, and it's like, because the truth of my soul is like the thing that gets to live the truth of my soul is what's leading right now. And I feel like as you said there, I've had so many conversations, like really over this entire year, with a lot of women who lead very much in a, I mean, their business is fully about their their connection to spirit, the connection to to the divine, their channeled teachings, that the the wisdom they hold as these mystics, as these medicine women, as these spiritual leaders and teachers and mentors. And what you said here about this like fear, this fear to fully stand in the truth of all of they are fully like unapologetically in deep conviction. Also like along with that, it's like the fears there and like when I said at the beginning, like now is the time. I feel like all the work we've been doing the past few years in you know, our own personal growth and evolution and really personally and as a collective, like we've been planting the seeds, we've been nurturing the soil to step in because now it feels like the world is really ready to, well, from my perspective anyways, that there are, and maybe not, everyone, but there are many people who are ready to go into these deeper layers of truth within them. Yes. 100%. I think I've walked this lonely path and I will say I almost feel for such a long time of 
integrating spirituality and business. It's probably the main reason why people come to me is like, oh, wow, you've really like blended spirituality and business together. I never felt that business, and this was when I started my business, I've been doing this 10 years. This is 2013, which feels insane to me to say I've been doing this a decade, but that was a lonely place 10 years ago when business coaching was just so cookie cutter box standard, everyone just followed the template. And I knew, like I knew, like I knew that I had to usher in this. Like I was bringing forward the fact that we are not coaches, quote unquote, we are luminaries, we are visionaries, we are spiritual teachers. And I had to own that for myself. I had to come forward and say, okay. And that was a journey in itself. I'm not actually a coach. I'm actually a spiritual teacher. I'm actually a psychic and a channel and a master healer. I've been doing this for years. So that journey in itself and allowing myself year after year to just bring forward more and more and more has allowed others do that for themselves. And now there is this unshakable momentum of women saying, it's me too. Oh, that's me too. I'm actually not just this. I've been hiding behind this label because I've actually been afraid to bring forward that truth, to bring forward, to own the fact, oh, I'm a spiritual teacher too. I'm a luminary too. I'm a channel. I'm a psychic. And now I want to bring it forward into my business, into my methodologies, into the work, into my client work. And why do you think that feels so scary for many to own that, to own like I am a spiritual teacher, that I am a channel, that I am a mystic, that this is like that this is who I am. This is like the true nature because I, I fully believe that this is the truth for all of us. Yeah. I think it's twofold. I think it's when I'm working with clients over and over again, when I'm looking into their energy field and I'm seeing all their past lives, there's lifetimes of persecution for their leadership, for their spiritual. And it's funny, before I was reading some of Marguerite Perrette, you know, these great teachers who were burned at the stake. And I think many, many, many of us have had those lifetimes. So there's that, that they need clearing. Mm -hmm. They need healing. They need to be witnessed. They need to be witnessed those lifetimes. The cords need to be dissolved. But the power, this is the next part, the power of those lifetimes must be brought forward. Those gifts have to be called forth into this lifetime to get you to the place where you're able to say, okay, I'm safe to do this in this lifetime. I'm ready to actually own this power and use this power, not just own, use it. And how my own work has evolved around visibility. This isn't about just visibility like live stream or putting yourself on video. I refer to it now as sacred visibility. This is the evolution of my work with this much deeper spiritual lens is that you must witness your power. You must self-witness and accept that calling on your life and accept the truth that you are a divine being made in the image and likeness of God to bring forth the truth, the truth being awakening, as Christ would call it, the ultimate truth is that you are here as God, as a representation. And that freaks the shit out of people. <laughs> oh, but yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. And if you're ready for it, like, that's my jam. Like, let's go. 
and this is what I've been saying, like, this is where I feel like there are so many people that are like here saying like, yes, like, yes, that is me. Yes, that is who I am. Yeah. Yes, I know that to be true. Yes, I am ready. And this has also been so true in so much of my work, like this year and really recently is what you said there too, is like feeling safe, feeling safe to fully claim that feeling safe to fully be that feeling safe to fully lead with that feeling safe to like, it's like, we can have this knowing inside of us, but then can we stand outwardly in this knowing? Can we stand in the full expression of who we are? Can we stand in our truth? Can we express our truth? Can we stand in the knowing that we are the creator of our life. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, there's also ways that, you know, I'm like a big believer in crafting methodology as well. You know, I think it's like when you craft your methodology, which is something that I do as well with clients, is that you can stand a lot more powerfully as well when you've got your sacred method and you've got your your sacred teachings and your methodologies. Because most people are channeling stuff and it goes into the journal and then it never sees the light of day. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to bring those. This is the self-witnessing piece again. I'm like, give me those journals. Let, mm. Let's let's pull out your method. Like, what is the teaching? What have you come forward to teach us? Let's put these into methodologies. Let's put these into sacred texts. Like your words and your journals are more are just as sacred as any Bible, as any sacred text, because your voice is God's voice. Your voice is the voice of God. You God is you as you. So your words are sacred. And you can feel safer when you claim those words and craft your method, craft your teachings and spend time to really in deep devotion to bringing forward the very reason why you're here, your, your seminal teaching. And all great spiritual teachers, leaders, visionaries have that teaching within them. And they, it's like, let's get to the core of that. That's what really excites me. I was like, let's bring that forward. Let's bring that forward. And this right here, you said you know, the, the safety to bring your words forward. And like, let's, like, this is what we're here for, to bring those words forward. And I forget the exact way you worded it, but you're like, once you bring the words forward, like, then there's more, like, it's almost like there's more safety, but you've got to start yeah. doing it versus I think this is where, what happens too. It's like, we wait, we wait to feel a certain way. We wait to know, we wait to have the experience that we thought we should have. Like, I remember this so much when you and I were, working together and for me to be really opening up to the messages that I was receiving and opening up to my like channeled teachings and channeled wisdom, I was like blocking things off and I was cutting things out because what I thought it should look like, what I thought that experience should be, yeah. what I thought I should hear, what I thought I should see based on how other people were receiving you know, this wisdom, I was like, well, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Like, can I just claim this? Can I know this? And so there was like, judgment for me on my own process. Mm. And I think that's why it's you must live through with the eyes of the heart. You know, your mm -hmm. heart, the eye of the heart is where you witness from. Because we can't use the logical mind. While it's very important, we cannot use the logical mind to censor the spiritual teachings that are coming through our heart. It's like if we can just lay that down. If we can just put that to the side and just bring forward what needs to be brought forward without that mind, just getting involved and getting in the way 
and censoring, ultimately censoring you and trying to keep you safe from, like I said, all those, all that past life trauma and that gets blocked and stuck in the body. And this is a very important thing to note here is that it gets lodged within us. So some people can have a very visceral response. And I want to address this as well. So when we say like speaking your truth, like you may feel like you're shutting down or you're having a panic attack or you feel like you can't breathe. The throat chakra starts to flare up. The stomach starts to go. The gut, the solar plexus, the heart, you get pains in the heart, like literal pains in the heart, feeling like there's almost a stone stuck in there. For me, it was like, it was very much like golf ball. Like it felt like the, the golf biggest ball in golf the throat. Ball in my, yes, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it is a physical response until that all of that gets cleared. That feels important to note as well, because your body is like, okay, this is not safe. Go back, go back, go back to safety. Don't say anything. And discerning, you know, that discernment piece as well of really recognizing, like, is this the truth or is this some past life stuff that's really trying to stop me from having a catastrophe? Yeah. And this here for me in this conversation and what you've just brought forward, what was such a powerful moment for me was recognizing and really seeing and understanding that what I see, you know, when you said seeing through the eyes of the heart, like I, I tend to say like more like the eyes of the soul, but it's like when I recognized that what I was able to see and like perceive with my human lens ultimately is limited. You know, like what I can see with my human lens is limited. And so it was like, can I come back into my soul? Can I feel into my soul's truth, my soul's knowing, my soul voice? And that's where it all is. That's where that peace is that we're longing for, that sense of peace and that deep, deep fulfillment of living out our soul purpose, of doing the thing that we're here to do. Because ultimately, that's all we really want. Do they see me? Does my work matter? I'm here to serve people. Like if you're in the world of coaching and personal development, especially most people that are in my world, like it's from a deep place of service and wanting to help other people. Agreed. 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 And I feel this here. It's like, this feeling of like, well, I told you for me, it was the golf ball in the throat, this idea that it's unsafe, like now for me, now that I move this way and operate in this way, like what actually feels scarier, what brings up like more fear for me, what feels less safe is to not speak my truth. Mm. Yeah, because of how that feels in the body. This is where that the body can actually be so helpful. It's like we don't want to disconnect ourselves from our humanity. Like the whole point is to use our body as the guidance. But there is that truth that lives within the body as well of like, yes, like, you know, when it's a yes, you know, when it's the truth, you feel it in every cell, no matter how difficult sometimes that truth is to say or to live or to decide or to do, you know what it is. Well, and I feel like that right there, it's like once I once I know, once I feel that, once I have that channel of truth like moving through me and I feel it, it's like to hold it in is not feeling good. Like mm. it wants to be expressed. It wants to be like given, you know, a place. It wants to be like given a place of ministry. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Where would you say that next level of fear is within you? Hmm. 
if we were to use it as, this is for everyone as well, like if you were to use it as a signpost, like go there, where is that resistance? It's so interesting that you're asking me this at this moment, because a few months ago, I would have, I felt like I would have had a very clear answer for you. And one of my good girlfriends, she asked me this, you know, she's like, you know, with all of the eclipses and all the things happening, like what's coming through for you? What's feeling like, you know, is the thing that you are meant to be like, you know, stepping into learning from. And I was like, I honestly, right now in this moment, and since my dad's death, it's like all of the things that before I felt like I kind of felt, but I wondered, like, is that really possible? Is that really true? Is this really how life works? You know, is this our true connection? Like all of those things that I would contemplate that I had, you know, I felt pretty solid in, but also that there would be some questioning energy in right now. Like it's all feels like it's been wiped away. Like I feel Mm. like I'm fully like I see with the eyes of my soul right now. It feels like I said, it's just this like wide open channel of truth. And so in this moment, I'm not feeling fear. Like I truly like I'm not feeling fear. I'm not feeling the limitations in my energy field, like the limitations that I felt before in my humanness, because I feel that there's been such a like, the massive shift for me, just this massive shift, like at a deep soul level. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I think it's, you know, to speak from my own perspective, I feel like for me, I think the next level and for anyone else listening is, it is the sacred visibility piece of self-witnessing as I write my book and as I look at hiring a publicist and building my brand out in the world, in, you know, the billboards and in the real, the real streets. <laughs> I almost want to say out there on the streets. I think that for me is where I'm, I wouldn't say it's fear. I'd say it's like this powerful attunement process where I'm sifting and sorting that very truth of this is where I have to go, you know? I love that you just shared that because I was just about to ask you, though, I was like, does that really feel like fear? Because I don't feel like for you that it's feeling like fear. It feels, I mean, exactly what you just said there. But as I heard your words, I would say contraction then rather than fear, because I think fear actually has a very, I would say, okay, there is that visceral fear in your body of speaking your truth where you feel like, I can't breathe. Oh my God. This is more of like, there's a contraction of like, holy shit, things are getting very real and I'm living out my incarnation. That's what it feels. I'm like, I'm moving into the visions that I saw for my life when I was 16. And that is a wild thing because I think a part of me, it doesn't surprise me that it's happening because I always saw it, but it also kind of does at the same time. I'm like, what? Like, this is wild. Yeah. Well, and I think this is why when you asked me, like I could, I just couldn't even connect with the word fear, you know, and it's not to say that, that that's not gonna, like, I'm sure that there's going to be fear coming up at different points in my life coming forward. But right now it like just feels like, no, like this is who I came here to be. These are the truths that I've carried within my soul since 
you know, before I came to earth. And so it there doesn't feel like there's that fear for me in owning who I am and speaking my truth. And one of the biggest things for me around this, you know, I used to have a lot of fear around using my voice and speaking my truth because there was the fear at that point about what if people don't get it? What if people disagree? What if like my truth isn't the ultimate truth? And, you know, and, and now for me, it's like, well, through my truth, people find their own truth. And so multiple truths get to coexist. And the more willing that we each are to stand in our truth, to be our truth, to speak our truth, like when we speak from this place of truth, like when I speak from the place of truth and the frequency of love, I can trust in people getting it, people feeling it, people having that remembrance within themselves, whatever it may be. Yeah. I think we do live, though, to address it as well, we do live in an extreme cancel culture. And Mm. I do believe that that is something that plays out in the back of people's minds of like, I'm really afraid that if I start to own this part of myself, I'm going to tank my business. Or if I reveal that part of myself, people are going to leave. And that's, that's part of the journey, but it also feels like it needs to be addressed because I think, I think it is pretty toxic and it is very pervasive. I mean, I would agree with that. Like, I think the the cancel culture is extremely toxic and I mean, maybe, maybe I'm naive in this. I don't know, but does cancel culture like ever truly work? Like if you're not willing to be canceled, like, yes, people may fall away. People may disagree with you. But I find through that, what I've experienced and I've witnessed through a lot of people is like through their cancellation, they've actually then went on to use their voice to really like minister to their people, to speak their truth, even at deeper levels. Yeah. And I think it does have that sifting and sorting process. And that's why you can't fear the cancel culture. Like you can't fear it. It's... But if that's in the back of their mind, like, what if I own this sacred part of myself and I bring this forward? Will people blah, blah, blah. Like it brings up again that fear and like fears from past lifetimes, like the fear of persecution. And I think for me, why the cancel culture, like what I said earlier, it's like, I don't feel I can ever be fully canceled. You know, I can, I can say something and and have, you know, the witch hunt come and, and I'm also going to continue to speak my truth, to share my truth. Even as I'm saying that, I'm, I'm thinking about the Christ and Mary Magdalene. I'm like, if you want an extreme example of cancel culture, like there was Jesus. So, you know, right before you said that, what I was going to say was if you want to like Mary Magdalene, like right there in her book, like cancel culture. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly like there couldn't be a better like the mob descended and was like, nope, we want that truth speaker and we want him dead. We want those teachings. We want those missing pages like, you know, from your book, like gone. Gone. So but of course, you know, it's it's all it's all worked out in the end because here we are 2000 years later with the teachings that are more relevant than ever when interpreted from a mystical perspective beyond religion, you know. Can I just tell you, as you said those words too, I just like took a quick glance at our timing of this podcast. And of course it was 33, 33. Uh, (laughs) Actually, you know, it's funny. I woke up last night at 3.33 as well. Of course. Of course, of course, of course. It's all, 
it's all in devotion to that and to and to them and to him and to the truth and to God. So it's worth speaking it no matter what, because in a couple of hundred years, your teachings, our teachings may be having the same impact in people's lives, which is why I was saying, you know, you got to get them out of the pages of the journals and into methodologies and into your containers and into the spaces. 1000%. That work just makes me so excited because it has the impact to truly, and I feel like this is also another, this is really where you start to own your expert status, expert at the small e, not in any kind of a pyramid way, but more of the individual power of your unique work. It's like when you claim that method and bring it forward and out of the journal and into the containers. Wow, client results just explode. Okay, interesting that you're bringing this forward right now because this, well, you'll know this from the work that you and I have done together as well. But for so long, you know, I really hid within my work a lot of the activations that I lead in a lot of the, you know, energy clearings, the healing that comes in that way for me. And it was like, okay, once you're inside my world, like maybe if you're like one to one with me, like I'll bring that out, but I would like never lead with that. I would never talk about it publicly. And that really shifted for me a lot the last year. And that I'm often leading with my activations. Like I feel like this is very much right now what people know me for in this week, even the amount of messages that I've received from people like just this morning, I received a message from a woman in my mastermind. She's like, thank God that you decided to stand in your power with these activations. Thank God you started leading with them. She's like, I've, I've listened, you know, two, two women this morning have told me that in the past 24 hours, they've listened four times to an activation I recorded on the weekend. And it's like, I mean, I was so scared for so long to lead with that because it was, well, well, like, is that powerful? Am I just like making this up? Is this really, you know, and like, I didn't even have the words to fully explain it. So I was like, how can I just put it out there in the world? And I truly feel like these are, you know, even the way I'm recording them right now is different in like, they get to last for lifetimes. They get to be used as tools for people when they forget who they are, when they need to come into the state of remembering, when they're caught up in the shame or the, or the guilt, and they are ready to clear that away, when they're ready to claim to own that I am the one, like I've led in so many different activations and it's like, this is my methodology. This is my sacred work. Cause at the beginning we were talking about methodology. I was like, it doesn't feel like there's a specific methodology for me, but this is it for me. It's like being willing to stand in those spaces of my teachings. I'm so proud of you. Look at you. <laughs> It's amazing. But I just think, how long did I keep it hidden? You know, how long did I keep it hidden? Because yeah. like, what if, what if this? And then owning it, leading with it has been so powerful for so many people. And so it's like, in hindsight, it's like, why? Like, why was there so much worry around this? Why was there so much fear around this? Mm, I mean, I refer to it as paywalling your magic. So it's like not until clients are in your world do they actually really receive the magic. Yeah. So, you know, this is an invitation for people listening. Like, are you paywalling your magic? Because if so, it's time to stop doing that because your people need to know what's actually going on inside your containers because it's not being reflected in the messaging and the marketing and people don't know. 
But when people do know that you're the one who can do this thing, this is the magic. This is what's really happening. It's also the other thing is that it's you're not collecting enough testimonials or sharing like what's happening inside the spaces, but it has to be shared. Yeah. And I think this is really important to highlight. Like I wasn't, and I think for many people, it's not like I was reserving it for people inside. It's not like I was like, well, you don't get that publicly because I have to like keep it for people inside. It was like, it stemmed from like people not getting it, not having the words to describe it. Like it was more fear-based that I wasn't sharing or leading with that. Yeah. Okay. One, one final thing I want to touch on, and this is going back a little bit ago in this conversation, you use the word devotion. And obviously for you and I, this is such a, I mean, even the word itself, you know, like I have my devoted mastermind and I feel like people always ask this to me, like, what does devotion like truly mean to you? Like, what is your experience in devotion? And I want to ask you that. Oh my gosh. I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> I just actually had the answer before you said it. So I can know she's going to ask. I think you have to go beyond the spiritual, quote unquote, understanding of the word devotion mm-hmm. and start to live in a devotional way. And when I say that, I mean every single aspect of your life gets to be an offering to the one. Making sandwiches for your kids in the morning, taking care of your pets, walking in the woods, sleeping really well, eating beautiful food, traveling the world. You can live a devotional life. That's what devotion is to me. It is the the knowing of, you know, like gnosis, the Greek term gnosis, being fully human and fully divine. And living that out, living that, that is a devotional life. That is what devotion is. That's it. It's a deep, deep remembrance that everything in your life gets to be a sacred offering. That's what devotion is. I love that because even oftentimes, you know, when, when people ask and I share, it's like, for me, it's like the, the moments, you know, the moments where my feet are touching the earth. Like I'd say my biggest devotional practice, spiritual practice is reading spiritual texts. And oftentimes we're like, I thought you were going to say something so like not available to me or something like that. And I'm like, no, it's like anything for me too. It's like, that just reminds me of who I am. That reminds me of who we all are. It reminds me of the God within me. Yeah. 100%. It's not an act of doing. It's the act of knowing who you are in that doing. It's the being before the doing. It's the great I am. Mm. I love that. I love that. Is there anything else, anything else that you feel is coming through for you to share? Anything else to bring forward in completion of this conversation today? Uh, (laughs) I don't know why I'm getting such a straight hit to talk about money. I feel like there's people who want to know like, but can you make money doing this? Like, I want to just address that as well around, there's such a fear around blending a devotional life, a spiritual life, spiritual teachings into business, into the world of commerce and monetizing it. But when you live, create, serve in this devotional capacity, it activates a law within the universe. I refer to it as the wealth portal within you. 
that as you serve from your greatest truth, as you live out the calling on your life, as you answer that truth within you, you will receive in exchange the circumstances, the connections, the people, the wealth, the money, the payments to support you to do this work. Mm. It never ceases to amaze me how this works. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I completely agree. And the way that I have really like viewed this actually, and I feel like I was like almost went there earlier in this conversation, like kind of touched on it, but we didn't really fully open up into the conversation. But when I said, you know, I feel like, especially in the online industry, like the online coaching industry and business coaches and spiritual coaches for the past few years, it really has been, I think, money at the forefront in the sense of like money attracted a lot of people into the space, into like, mm. you know, the money, the freedom that was then created. And while it felt like money was like the actual magnet, what I feel is was the truth behind that that's now pouring forward. It's the money in allowance with us to be fully free to tap into the truth of who we are, the freedom within in ourselves, the freedom in our soul. And I think now it's like, and not that the money piece doesn't get to be, and we don't get to attract a lot of wealth, but it was like almost like the money needed to be there to connect us through into the truth. If you if you know what I'm saying here, it's like, yeah. to me, how I view it, it's like, I didn't know that I just had could have a direct connection, communication with God. And so it was like finding, you know, a channel, finding someone that could create that connection for me before was so important. And it's like in mm. the sense of like, I mean, I don't even know if this is making any sense whatsoever as I no, speak. No, keep going, this, keep going. But it's like the money brought people into this space, but money is no longer the thing that they want to lead with in the sense of like their marketing in the conversations. It's like, we're not here for the money conversation anymore. We're here for the truth of our souls. And when we speak the truth of our souls, the money shows up, the money comes, the money's there. I think that's the bubble that's popped between 2020 and early 2023, something that I've noticed massively. Like it's like in the portals of wealth are like truly like, like you said, they're popping are opening the more we come into our truth. And so it's not yeah. about like, ooh, the money conversation was wrong or not important. The money conversation and leading with money was needed, I feel like to allow us to like really come in, but then to open up into this next depth of conversation. Yeah, I think it allowed a lot of women say, hey, I want that too. And that's okay. But ultimately, you can't chase money because it's a hungry ghost. You know, it's there's, there's nothing there. It like evaporates super quickly. And in that evaporation, we found ourselves here at this yes. deep, deep yearning for, I think, integrity, massive. People want to feel congruent within themselves of who they really are. Like, oh, this is who I really am. And this is where I want to lead from. And there's been this incredible realignment within the collective of saying, this is my truth, but I still want to make a shit ton of money. Amen. Yep. I'm all for that. Like, let's go. Because we need wealthy healers. We are meant to. Like, we are the dreams of our ancestors. Like, I find myself being like, what? Like, I am the dreams of the people who survived the famine in Ireland. And I was having a conversation with my mom about this, about my ancestors and getting connected with those that stayed during the famine and just looking at the lineage and the, the money stuff through my own family. And it's phenomenal. 
I'm like, I know where I came from. How do you choose to live? Like, how do we choose to live when we feel, when we believe, when we know that we, when we trust that we are the dreams of our ancestors? Like that to me feels so extremely powerful. And, you know, what I just shared before, like this, this truly was my experience in, in this industry and stepping into who I am as well. Like the freedom, the money, the wealth attracted me into this space, that energy that you said, like, Ooh, I want that. And I can do that. And the more that I've come into my truth, the more I honor my truth, the more I listen to the nudges from my soul, the more I'm in my fullest self-expression, the more I speak my truth, the more wealth I've created. Mm. And then it becomes this powerful tool to keep expanding on that truth, you know, and that integrity. It's like it wants to be in that energy. Money vibration wants to be there in that space. Yeah. I deeply believe. I mean, it wants to be in grubby places as well. But it's like when you're when you're leading a movement from this energy, it's it can't help but find you. It can't help because it's it's attracted to itself, which is the one. Can't help but find you because it's attracted to itself. It's the one. Like yes, right there. Like this is why <laughs> that money piece, that money conversation. <laughs> This feels like a whole other podcast episode. I, I love how I just like threw this in at the end. Such a big piece to kind of end on, but it feels very important to me and it's a big part of my work. So, yeah. Well, you know how we flow. There's always an opening for conversation number three to come forward. <laughs> so good. Oh, Emma, I love you. Thank you for such bringing such a beautiful conversation, a powerful conversation forward with me here today. We'll share all the beautiful ways and places and things that people can find you in your work and your magic and your medicine online um, in the show notes, but also just share, tell us like where we find you. Where do you like to deliver your medicine? All the places, but Instagram is my, is my home for all the live streams and all my content and spiritual teachings. And that's the best place to get in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you. Gorgeous. Thank you for being here with us, with me today. These conversations, these riffs, these transmissions are seriously life-giving. They nurture my human. They nurture my soul. These are the type of conversations I want more of, and I know you do too. I'm so happy that you're here. It's truly an honor for me to bring my voice to this space. I love you. I will see you back here next week. In the meantime, please come join me on Instagram, Jacqueline underscore Shaw underscore. And if you have women in your world that you feel would love this podcast too, I would be so honored, so deeply honored if you share it with them. I love you. I see you. I'm standing in sacred witness of all that you are. Thank you for going deep with me.